do what you can with what you have where you are. Don't expect perfection. Constant iteration is the key for any new thing, for any innovation. I wouldn't have started my podcast if I didn't have that mentality because I didn't know how to podcast. I just Googled it and figured it out. Every episode, it just gets a little bit better every time, a little bit more seamless, a little bit of higher quality ever so slowly. Does that mean that I shouldn't have started because my first episode was a little little janky? <laughs> no, absolutely not because it's the only way to do it. Progress is better than perfection. You're listening to Doing Law Differently. Join me, Lucy Dickens, as I explore how the world's most progressive legal service providers are doing law differently. Hello there, welcome back. You're listening to the Doing Law Differently podcast. I'm Lucy Dickens and I'm joined today by a fellow podcaster, Mel Scott. Mel is the host of Counsel, a podcast about in-house lawyer life that she launched during COVID lockdown last year. She's worked across multiple industries in-house and she really is a passionate advocate for what I call doing law differently in-house and you'll hear this passion and excitement and enthusiasm in her voice throughout this interview and I, I mention it to her, I say that it's lovely to hear that excitement that she brings to the work that she's doing and her interest in the future of in-house life and how she can make a positive contribution to it. Today, Mel is the Senior Counsel at Megaport Limited, a global tech company founded in Australia that is now in the ASX 200. Megaport is a disruptor in its industry and it does computer networking differently. But today we're joined by Mel to discover more about how Megaport does in-house legal differently too. As you'd probably expect from a global tech company, part of that is through using innovative technology in all aspects of the business. But I talked to Mel, of course, about how that plays out in the legal department. But it's about so much more than technology. And Mel shares a few really valuable examples, one in particular about the use of empathy and how being an empathetic human being has transformed her work. As always, I would love if you could please leave a rating and review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Hit subscribe so that you'll be notified about any episodes that come out in the future. For now, though, let me share with you what Mel Scott has to say. So this is Mel Scott from Megaport and host of the Council podcast on the Doing More Differently podcast. This episode is brought to you by Legally Yours, an online marketplace that connects clients to fixed fee and value-based pricing lawyers across Australia. For lawyers, Legally Yours also helps innovative legal professionals to connect and grow by providing business support services, education, leads and connections to other lawyers who operate beyond the billable hour. With membership starting from as little as $50 plus GST per month, join Legally Yours and find your tribe today. Visit legallyyours.com.au. Hello, Mel. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Lucy. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining me. It's really nice. I'm looking forward to having a chat. It's nice to change pace and look at doing law differently from an in-house perspective, which is the perspective you're going to bring us. Um, I had a few guests at the start of the podcast, but not in recent times. And it's something that I don't really know much about my whole career. I've worked in private practice. So I'm pleased that you can be our expert and share some of what it looks like to do law differently in-house. Yeah, absolutely. 
So let's start with a bit of an overview for context for people who may not have met you before or come across you online. Tell us about Megaport and your role there. Absolutely. So Megaport is a global technology company. We are based in Brisbane, but we operate in 24 countries around the world. The product that we sell is very bespoke and very niche to the cloud computing industry. And it's essentially helping businesses get their data to the cloud and to create environments where they can have multi-cloud, they can send data across the world very easily, they can send data to different offices, to different data centres. And the I suppose the point of difference for Megaport is that we have a software-defined layer that goes over the physical network, which allows for you to self-service these, these services. So the business can go in, they can dial up a connection, they can turn it back down when they don't need it. It's pay for what you use, pay as you go month to month. And it's very quick. So you those services dial up and down in 59 seconds or less, whereas traditional telco that provide similar services can take weeks. So when we founded in 2015, completely disruptive, extremely new. It was almost too good to be true. And the industry was like, what? This can't be what's happening. We're more established now. We are listed on the ASX. And as I mentioned, we do operate in many countries around the world and growing. So my role as senior legal counsel is to help the business with all sorts of things, legal, compliance, governance, anything that the business might want to do in a new country We'll go as like the canary down the gold mine and understand the legal landscape, the regulatory landscape. We'll do a bit of due diligence. We'll look at licensing and and understand how to set up an entity in that country. So that's a big part of it. Of course, contracts, commercial contracts with our customers and our partners, intellectual property, a highly innovative space. So you're always looking at trademarking and and patents and, and that side of things. If it was to arise, the in-house team helps with disputes, certainly not anything that's that's come up at this point, touch wood, and, <laughs> and, and hopefully stays that way, but we certainly can assist there as well. So it's an in-house function. I only have one customer, one client, that is Megaport, and it's uh, kind of, you know, related entities around the, around the world, and I get to focus in deep on that one company and that one industry. So that's my pitch on the in-house, I think, compared to, say, private practice where you would have multiple clients and multiple customers as such, but you might also have to look across multiple industries depending on what your practice is. I'm a bit of a Jill of all trades, master of some, and anything that the business needs doing from that legal side, and sometimes not so much. (laughs) Sometimes if it's got words on a piece of paper, the the business might think, oh, that's for legal, and they'll send it over. And then we filter through and and we redirect where needed. But, you know, when I started with Megaport, it was very much a startup. You know, it was flying the plane and building it at the same time. And we didn't necessarily have the correct function, an insurance function, a risk function, information security, privacy. All of those things just came to legal and we actually just kind of had 
to pick it up and run with it because there was no one else. Yeah. So, yeah. I think that's actually a really good way of describing the difference between private practice and in-house and that's, I've heard it before, but you, I think you've explained it very nicely there where you say I've got one customer and I do a broad, deal with a broad range of different legal issues for that one person, whereas in private practice you might have, well, you probably have lots of customers and deal with a much more narrow range of legal topics. So being a global tech company, particularly in cloud computing, I imagine there's some pretty cool technology um, that you're using at Megaport that's part of your Doing Law Differently story. So tell us about some of that. That's exactly right. Megaport, you know, the DNA of the company was to be disruptive. So every department within the business was built on that foundation. And we are, you know, six or seven years old now, but that DNA is still there. So from the very beginning, we were using modern technologies, things like Slack, things like, you know, Adobe Sign was there from day one. And in 2015, that probably was somewhat more innovative, but now, of course, we're so much more familiar with it. But we communicate through modern mediums and continue to use the most effective and efficient ways of of doing business and collaborating with other departments. And the legal team is no exception to that. We're part of that ecosystem and we need to keep pace with the innovators, the, the technologists, the software engineers who operate in that world. We need to keep pace with them and, and meet the business where they are. So that means that we do use JIRA as an example, which is an Atlassian product that is uh, all about, you know, project management and it's very, very popular amongst software engineer and product teams in technology companies. But there was no reason why the legal team couldn't use it for matter management. So we did for the longest time. We would just piggyback off an existing system that the business was already using. We saved money that way. So the CFO was happy. And, you know, we were able to, as I said, meet the business where they were with the technology that they're already using. So why not do that? And for the longest time, we did. More recently, we have finally branched out and we have a bespoke legal contract lifecycle management tool that that we now use. So we've moved to Ironclad, which is a fantastic product, really loving it. We've been live for about four months and we have moved all of our contract and matter management to Ironclad and, and now we've shifted away from JIRA. But that again, I, I think, was another another way of highlighting the the mindset that we have because something was working okay. It, it was okay. Jira worked. Didn't necessarily mean it was the best, or or it's it's it kind of solved a lot of things. You know, you might normally just say, "Well, it's not broken. Don't fix it." That's exactly it's okay. what I was going to say. Yeah, <laughs> these words are about to come out of my mouth, and you're taking yeah. the opposite approach, right? We still wanted more from our technology solutions. And there's a tipping point. You know, when you're starting up, you really just have to be a little scrappy, bootstrap, save money where you can, piggyback on other systems across the business. But there is a time, and, you know, this came late last year where, okay, we we really do need our own end-to-end solution for legal. We've got 3,000 contracts and growing. We need to be able to pull meaningful data on those contracts, and we just can't do that with the current system. And that was okay for a while. The manual process that we had as a bit of a a workaround was okay, but no, we we needed to really step it up and, and look at what we could do to 
elevate the business and the legal team. So that's the story there. But I think the point I'm making really is that when you're working in a company that has that DNA and that mindset, it's infectious and it's contagious. And the business expects that of the legal team as well. You know, one thing that I think is interesting from that example that you've shared is that you are a tech company, you're a very innovative tech company, you're at the edge of the game in what you do. But you still, before you went and found some bespoke software that dealt with exactly what you wanted it to do, you still tried this existing systems, you created some manual processes for extracting the data and whatever else you were trying to do. You worked out exactly what you needed before you then went and launched into this bespoke you know, new system that's specific for your needs. And the reason why I raise this is because I have this conversation often with people who are asking me about, I want a new practice management system or I want some new software or I'm looking for technology to do this, but they haven't yet actually taken the first step, which is to work out the process or to ask themselves, what would this look like if I was going to do it manually? And do I really need this feature? But it sounds like, you know, whether by virtue of the fact that you had to because you were a startup or perhaps because it was the right way to do it. That's exactly the approach that you've taken too. Yeah, I think there's a bit of both. I think we had financial realities where we just really couldn't go and ask for a nice big chunky amount of money when other, other things were more important at the time. But there also was a piece of we're still building the plane. We're still understanding how the legal function works let's give us a little bit of time to get that process end to end sorted so that we we really know it and then when we overlay a tech solution because we all know that tech doesn't fix your problems necessarily <laughs> if if you haven't got that fundamental understanding of what problem you're actually trying to solve mm-hmm. and we didn't find our pain points straight away you know it wasn't until a number of years in a row that we could see patterns emerging where the business would ask for the exact same data every time it was annual reporting time for the ASX and that that was an example of where we would go and have to manually pull the data from the contracts mm-hmm. and we could see that you know once off sure you do that and it's it's a few hours work but over time, you can start to see the inefficiencies and the patterns and the problems. So there is a little bit of push-pull there. You don't want to just throw technology at something. You do want to understand it. But at some point, you also do need to make the jump. And, And that'll be different for everyone, that tipping point. Is it time for you to do law differently? So many of the lawyers I speak to know that they need to change the way their business operates, but they don't know what to do and in what order. If you want to regain control of your business and get back your life, my Productize and Profit program is just what you need. It's a comprehensive 12-week program designed to guide you step-by-step to reshape your firm and regain your life. There are over 50 online e-learning modules, insights and tips from industry experts and law firm leaders on topics like pricing, productizing, marketing and technology, interactive webinars and of course one-on-one coaching from me. The next program is starting soon and numbers are strictly limited. Find out more and register your interest at lucydickens.com.au forward slash program. When we were preparing for this interview, you pointed out to me that it's more than just technology. So we've kind of focused on technology. You're a tech company. You've implemented this new software, Ironclad. But you said to me, it's more than just 
technology in terms of the way we're doing law differently, the innovation in the legal function. So what are some of the other things that you're doing that don't relate so much to your use of technology? For sure. I think there's a number of ways that in-house counsel can add serious value that do not involve a technology solution or it's super low tech, like it might be a Word document. And the example of that is deploying empathy and truly really understanding your customer's experience and the frictions that they're having with you. And of, of course, this, this just goes across any industry and any yeah, customer facing facility or function. And we are not any different. We still have customers. They are our colleagues. They are beholden to us a little. We do have somewhat of a monopoly because they just <laughs> can't go out and get their own lawyers uh, necessarily. But, but that aside, it doesn't mean that we don't strive to give them excellent customer service. And that changes and has changed as the company has evolved and what's been required. But what I mean by a non-technology innovation. I'll give you an example. When I deploy empathy and I understood that our external customers, the customers of Megaport, would receive a contract to procure our services and the lawyer on the other side, the in-house lawyer, you know, and it may be at a Fortune 500, ASX 200, it could be a small, medium-sized business, whoever it was that wanted this cloud technology. They're getting this contract and they don't understand what we do. Mm. because it is very niche and it is very, you know, it took me a while to understand yeah. and I work for the business. So how could I expect them to get it? And we'd get red lines and track changes coming back to show that they just didn't get what they were buying, the value, the very low risk, the technology piece can scare a lot of other in-house lawyers. And I know that for, from my own experience, when you don't understand something, you go all in and you go really conservative. And we would receive customer contracts back that were just completely redlined and we had to go through the process of educating them so that we could negotiate and come to a an understanding. And I thought, why don't I get in front of that in-house lawyer straight away? So I created a one pager that goes out. It's attached at the, the, the one, the first page of the customer contract. And it's basically an in-house lawyer to an in-house lawyer. Hey, you've received mm -hmm. this contract. I'm from Team Megaport Legal. Here's some of the things I know you're going to worry about because I get what you're looking for. Here's what our position is on privacy data protection, specific data laws around the country, HIPAA compliance in the US, the big ticket items that they're always coming at. And, and you see the patterns and I could create this empathetic communication to just get that first impression and to at least try to get my, my best foot forward. And there, I do have some data to suggest that it's working well, that the red lines we receive back are less because once they have an understanding, they can kind of run that through their own risk you know, filter and just feel a little bit more comfortable. And I think that um, it's had the effect that we want to reduce the, the sales cycle and time to, to signing up a customer. But the first step, it's not a technology solution. It was a, a human solution. And I wonder if that's part of why it's been so successful because you've written to them and you've said, you know, hi, I'm Mel. You're chatting to like colleague to colleague as opposed to here's this intimidating legal contract that we want you to sign. And they're kind of like, whoa. Um, so you've broken down that barrier, not only by empathizing with them and saying, okay, well, I know that these are the things that you're going to struggle with, but by also just having a very human, normal conversation, introducing yourself alongside is the contract that goes with it. Yes, 
That was the plan. I know what it's like to be that in-house lawyer that receives a contract at 5 p.m. on a Friday and it's urgent and they need it now and it's for a product that is outside of your industry because you may be in airline or textiles or manufacturing and your business still does need IT and that doesn't mean that you know it. And I've been in that situation. And unfortunately, there will be a disconnect between perhaps our salesperson, their procurement person, and then their in-house team. And there's no context given along the chain. You just get an email saying, please review this. Often there's no commercial details even given to that lawyer. They don't even know how much they're spending. And, and our service is, is very affordable by kind of traditional corporate measures. You know, you're looking at a $500 a month service for one service. So it's it really doesn't hit those usual corporate metrics. Doesn't mean that there's not considerations to be given. And I understand that they, they there's still checks and balances. But once you get a bit of context about the commercial realities. It changes things, yeah. It totally does. And it was just from my own experience that I, I could see, well, of course, they're coming back with all these red lines. What can I do to try and help? Thank you for sharing the example as well as the kind of concept. I think that really helps it, the, the ideas to sink in. But aside from empathy, what are some of the other opportunities that you have seen for in-house counsel to do law differently? Oh, there's so many. <laughs> this is such an exciting time to be an in-house lawyer. Just the industry as a whole is growing companies are seeing the value of bringing in legal resources internally and having a dedicated legal function. There's cost savings to be made on a salaried lawyer versus perhaps um, paying a, a private practice fee. You know, there's a tipping point, but there can be a lot of cost savings there. And when you have someone in-house that really understands the business and the business strategy and has all that context, there's so much value that you can add. So as the industry grows, the opportunities are growing. I can see the emergence of the legal legal operations space as a subset of legal departments. And even more newer, I can see legal project management as a subset of even legal operations mm -hmm. and legal technologists sitting within that space as well. So not only are legal teams growing, it's not just on the tools, business as usual, reviewing contracts, legal work, but there's a whole new space and opportunity for the operations of a legal department and working with external providers, cost savings, process improvement, all of the things that you would expect when we talk about operations, I suppose. And that's such an exciting space. And it's just happening before my very eyes and it seems to be that there was only a few people talking about this a number of years ago and all of a sudden it, it's just, it's everywhere. Yeah. That's exciting. I can hear the excitement in your voice when you answered that question. It's so nice to see and to hear people get excited about how we can make things better, not just for ourselves in our daily work, but for, you know, the people who we work for and the profession as a whole and all of that. It's lovely to hear. And I guess that perhaps may answer the question that I have for you next, but I'll let you answer it just in case. And that is about your podcast. You launched your podcast, Council, during COVID lockdown. And I was going to ask what led you to start the podcast. And I imagine that it's in some part this excitement that you clearly feel about the future of in-house council. Totally. Mm -hmm. I am very passionate about in-house lawyering mm -hmm. and particularly as 
an opportunity for junior lawyers, early career lawyers and law students to understand the different parts available to them because the in-house profession traditionally has not done a great job of being at the forefront of a student's mind when they're at university to explain what in-house is and to have a presence on campus. It's just we don't have a coordinated effort, although I do see that changing. Association of Corporate Counsel is really leading the charge there. But we, we haven't been at the forefront. And I wanted to communicate in a way that was, yeah, exciting and showing the different ways that you can be a lawyer. Because, of course, so many of us were told at uni that there's only one way and it's big law, it's commercial law, it's one of six firms in Australia. If you don't get a clerkship, well, you're you're done, too bad, pack up your bags, you'll never be a lawyer. And that was the story I believed and I was told and I really struggled to, you know, when I when I didn't find myself necessarily enjoying that style of work, I struggled to understand, well, what else is there that I can do? And of course, there's a multitude of things, but, you know, you cannot be what you cannot see. And I just want to fly the flag for in-house, particularly at that earlier stage of, of the legal career, so that there's awareness. I do that through the podcast and I do that through Instagram, which really does hit that target audience. A little bit on TikTok, I've dabbled, but I can't say it's grabbed me as much as I would have liked. <laughs> and of course, on LinkedIn, which is a great place at the moment, lots of organic reach and, and there's how we connected. So I do like to share that message. And it all comes from a deep desire to make sure that young lawyers know that there is so many ways to be a lawyer, to do law differently doesn't have to be the one track and in-house is just one small part of that but it's an exciting growing part so you should be aware of it and check it out and see if it's exciting to you. I had the same message at uni about the one path you know this is what you do this is clerkship time you apply for the clerkships it's you know if you don't get one yeah essentially (laughs) career is over and I have often reflected that I'm really glad I never took that path or ended up following that path because I think if I had done I don't think I would have stayed in the law I think like you know like you say if I hadn't have realized that there were other ways of doing law other opportunities that weren't that kind of that path I don't think I'd have stayed because that life is not for me (laughs) so I like to hear that you're sharing about what in-house lawyering is like and also making that message available to those junior and early career lawyers I think that's a really important message. Thank you. So if we were to tie it up what advice would you give to someone who wants to do law differently? Do it. (laughs) (laughs) Just do it. Just start. Start where you are with what you have. There will be no perfect time. There will be no perfect budget or boss or environment, or firm, or client, there will be no perfect time to try something new. There'll be fears, there'll be reservations internally, all of those things will come up, but you just need to take one step forward. You just need to, yeah, as I said, do what you can with what you have where you are. Don't expect perfection. Constant iteration is the key for any new thing, for any innovation. I wouldn't have started my podcast if I didn't have that mentality because I didn't know how to podcast. I just Googled it and figured it out. And I've been at it for over a year now. And every episode, it just gets a little bit better every time, a little bit more seamless, a little bit of higher quality. 
ever so slowly. Does that mean that I shouldn't have started because my first episode was a little little janky? <laughs> no, absolutely not. Because it was the only way. It was the only way to do it. Absolutely. So I would, yeah. I would just think about your mindset and get to that space of progress is better than perfection. Yeah. And I guess there'll always be something else to do, won't there? So it's also a matter of prioritizing it because we can come up with excuses like the you know, needing to be perfect as well as I don't have time or I need to do this client file or whatever else it might be. So it's a case of pushing through all of those barriers and just getting on with it. A hundred percent. Yeah. You never find time. You you have to make time. Yeah, completely agree. Thank you, Mel. That's been wonderful. It's, I've really enjoyed hearing your perspective and your enthusiasm and passion for in-house. It really shines through and I appreciate you sharing it with us. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Lucy. Lovely to to speak with you. And I just want to thank you as well for putting your own content that's full of passion, enthusiasm as well out into the the legal sphere that that we find ourselves in. And it's such an exciting time and, and you're such a leader and a thought leader in this space. So thank you as well. Thank you, Mel. That's lovely. Are you a lawyer who needs CPD? I've teamed up with Law CPD to make that task easier for you. Law CPD provide premium CPD for Australian lawyers and they offer so much more than just another webinar. Law CPD's courses are online, on-demand, interactive learning. Law CPD are offering Doing Law Differently listeners $25 off of their first purchase using the code DLD25. There are over 100 courses across all competency areas, so visit lawcpd.com.au to find your next CPD course and make sure you use the code DLD25 for your $25 off. That's all for today's episode of the Doing Law Differently podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to do law differently and you're looking for some guidance and inspiration to help you along the way, then get your hands on my book, It's Time to Do Law Differently, How to Reshape Your Firm and Regain Your Life. You can get it on my website, lucydickens.com.au forward slash book or on Amazon or Booktopia where you'll also find the ebook versions too. Don't forget to leave a rating and review if you enjoy the podcast and be sure to tell your friends and let other people know too. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.